Welcome, welcome. It is Monday, February 20th, approaching the last week of the month, everybody. Yep, 2023. Welcome to Raging Chicken's Out to Coop Live. This is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. On Out to Coop Live, we talk to progressives, activists, and troublemakers of all sorts, right from our own backyards and across the country. You can also join us at the end of the week for our Friday Politics Roundup, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. Yes, indeed. And you can help support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress today and become a patron for the price of a good beer once a month. Come on. It's fantastic. You can help out the show right now by heading over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for this show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. And if you're listening to the podcast, leave us that five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Let, you know, little words, use some words. Let people know why you like the show. That's all. Other people find the show, too, as well, and helps amplify the folks we have on this place. For more PA Progressive Talk, tune into the Rick Smith Show's live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern on his YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to his podcast wherever you get your podcast. Head on over to the ricksmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms. And you got to check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast. The amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast. Rock the house. And they know where the bodies are buried. Yes, make sure to follow them on Twitter at at the Night Caucus. That's at the Night Caucus on Twitter. And subscribe to their podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you haven't heard, The Signal is a new podcast by the Bucks County Beacon. The Signal is hosted by the Beacon's editor-in-chief, Cyril Nicoleco, and produced by yours truly, Twice a month, The Signal will shine a light on the right-wing extremist currents streaming through Bucks County and beyond. Cyril invites guests who can provide insight, analysis, and organizing solutions so that we can steer the community toward calmer, saner, progressive roots. You can check them out right now at buckscountybeacon.podbean.com. Coming soon to every possible podcasting platform you can imagine. And attention all you gamers out there, The Game In is a Quakertown-based black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show, and they've got everything for Retro N64s, the latest consoles, video games for all platforms, loads of collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, walls of Funko Pops, and kids get a discount when they get A's at the report card. I mean, come on, you can't beat it. Check them out on their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at the Gamin. that's with two N's. If you got a question about a game, look for something hard to get, shoot them a message or drop them an email at thegaminpa at gmail.com. And a shout-out goes to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at at Man. Again, the double N, at Man on Twitter. And we, you know, as you'll hear tonight, we cannot let Paul Martino and his oligarch friends buy our schools and push extremist politics in our community. 
Raging Chicken has teamed up with Levelfield to launch a truly community-rooted pack to invest in organizing, supporting local and statewide progressive candidates, and unmasking the toxic organizations injecting our communities with right-wing extremism. We're putting small-dollar donations to work to beat back the power of big money. You can get more information and drop your donation at ragingchicken.levelfield.net. Yes, and we've got a great show coming up for us in Out to Coop Live next week. Yes, we've got Patricia Roberts-Miller. We're going to be talking about her book, Demagoguery and Democracy, and um, give it a little kind of assessment about looking forward about what we need to do to build a saner, deep, democratic, you know, culture right now. But that's next week. This week, yes, I'm very, very excited. This week, I welcome Robin Underwood to the show. Robin Leeds Coffee, that's Kutztown Organized for Educational Excellence, which formed to push back against rising extremism in the Kutztown Area School District. The KASD, I have to try not to say KUSD because I work at Kutztown University and that was one that sticks in my head, but the KASD Middle School was planning on reading Alan Grant's book, Two Degrees, as part of their One Book, One School program. Two Degrees centers around the lives of four middle school students struggling to survive disasters brought on by climate change. Right-wing members of the school board and the community didn't want students to read about climate change. <laughs> so the superintendent canceled the program, being a little reductive here, but we'll go with it. We'll talk about the impact of extremism in Kutztown's middle school and the work of coffee to take back their schools. Now, Robin Underwood has a Bachelor of Science and PhD in etymology. Yes, it is a study of insects, which is freaking the coolest thing ever, and specialized in honeybee research. She is the mom of two kids who have been in the district their whole lives and are now in the high school. Robin hesitantly began acting as an activist when she saw things she did not like happening at school board meetings. And now she leads coffee, Kutztown Organized for Educational Excellence. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you on the show. And for everybody who knows, too, as well, we're going to have links in tonight's show notes. You can check them out on their Facebook page, right? You go to Facebook and like just search up coffee, right? K-O-F-E-E-1-F, K-O-F-E-E um, on Facebook and check them out. Um, you definitely follow the work they're doing. You can also check out some of the links we put in here um, from an uh, article in the Reading Eagle um, about what happened in the Kutztown Area School District and Will Bunch's excellent commentary um, on the One Book, One School issue. Um, there are links for the night show there, too, as well. So, Robin, um, as a background, you know, we've talked a little about this um, kind of before the show and stuff. Um, we've, on this show, have been covering what's been happening in the school boards quite a bit because uh, here in Bucks County, things have really gone off the rails. Um, and um, that is true at not just here, obviously, but happening around the Commonwealth and around the country. Um, but um, Kutztown is particularly close to me since I work at the district. And I know people that, you know, have their kids there and like, you know, you are kind of you know, raising a family in the area and have an investment in the community and the school district. Um, and so to see the same kind of thing happening there was, you know, just all alarms bells went off. So before we get into the specifics of what happened with the, um, the two degrees book, um, can you just, we'll kind of back things up a little bit and can you just talk a little bit about like what got you to this place, right? You know, um, being in that school district, what got you to the place where, here you are now kind of uh, kind of working um, to change what's happening in the school in the school board. Can you talk a little about that? Sure. Um, so early on in 2021, um, I heard some rumblings among friends that some things were happening at the school board meetings. And of course, I wanted to see for myself. So I began to attend those meetings and I was just flabbergasted by 
what was happening during the public comment periods. Um, you know, community members are allowed to speak about agenda or non-agenda items. You know, they each get five minutes. Well, I wish they kept a timer. And, um, <laughs> you know, the things they were saying, I just couldn't even believe. You know, it was, I feel like Kutztown's this little microcosm of what's happening nationally. And, um, you know, people were up in arms about CRT and, you know, totally raging against books with LGBTQ content. And, you know, it just hurt me. I was hurting for the students of the school. I want students to be able to go to school, have a safe, comfortable learning environment, feel that they belong and are included and able to learn in the best way possible. Um, so um, what happened during that 2021 time, time and time again, we were there till 11, 12 o'clock at night because the comment period was going on for so long. And they were raging against our equity team. The There had been something on a morning announcement at the elementary school that, that people didn't like that was about white privilege. And um, so they just wanted the entire equity team disbanded and they went up against the entire, the anti-racism policy that we had in place. And it went on for so long and they convinced enough people that the policy should be rescinded. How embarrassing is that? We got wended away. We like canceled the anti-racism policy. Um, at the time, they... The, the board members that finally eventually were the numbers that they needed to rescind this policy did so only with the promise that we would get a new policy. Well, you can just imagine the foot dragging that went on before we finally got a new policy in place, which everyone was able to vote on and agree on, called uh, Policy 809 Educational Equity now. So it reformed an equity team, which, as far as I have seen, has literally done nothing. I think that they are their feet are to the fire and they're just ground to a halt. But at least we have a policy in place and a team that's supposed to be looking at the data, making sure all the students are served, um, etc. So, you know, it's just flabbergasting that they can take away a state policy because they're misguided. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating because like just what you described there is almost verbatim what happened in the Penridge School District is that they went after the DEI initiatives, right, Demo uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, after, you know, this had been a community input, it had been working on this for like a couple of years. They had completely done it. They were all about to kind of put it in place, and then it became the opportunity to go after it. And they did the same thing. They got rid of that and wanted to have a new policy and formed a new committee. And just as you said, they've done virtually nothing. Um, as a way to kind of put that policy in place and have no investment. At least the leadership does not. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, in November of 2021, it was an election cycle where for us, four of the nine board seats were open. And um, so a bunch of us kind of grouped together to try to support certain candidates that we thought would be pro-public education, pro-teacher, pro student. And, um, you know, we're a grassroots organization with a tiny bit of money. Most of these candidates are self-funded. I mean, it's teeny tiny Kutztown, but the dark money flowed in to the right-wing extremists. I believe they got $15,000 
for three tiny little school board candidates. They put out three-page letter mailers full of lies and fear, and they did very well. They got three of the four seats. That's unbelievable. And up until up until that point, had like had school board meetings had they been super contentious? Like had the there been contentious elections in the past that like to your knowledge that have been like to this degree, or was this just like what we saw at these other locations where all of a sudden there's an agenda and the money comes in and just takes everybody by surprise? Um it was a surprise to me, but some of the board members have been on the board for a long time, and apparently about 10 years ago, there was uh, some school board candidates that were causing problems that had to get ousted. It was, you know, they call it the Tea Party era or whatever. Yep. I was nothing a part of that, but I do, you know, people are still tired from that. <laughs> apparently that was really horrible, but this, you know, to for me, this came out of the blue. I was totally surprised and horrified at what was happening. Um, and I mean, $15,000, that, that's just a lot of money to infuse into something like this. Yeah, and just like we said um, at the top of the show, that some of that money we know came from Paul Martino's pack, right? Um, Paul Martino is the Bucks County kind of multimillionaire uh, who dropped it in, who dropped it in uh, the Kutztown area school district, dropped ten grand into our school district, into the Central Bucks school district. He's got kids in the Central Bucks school district, made his money in Silicon Valley, and now is kind of using his money to cause all sorts of havoc right now. For sure. Yes, that is where it came from. That's what they got from him. And I don't know what they got from grassroots donations. I don't really know. Um, so we were really concerned um, that these three members got on and they have caused a bit of trouble um, bringing up things that really don't seem to be coming out of their own minds. They seem to be coming from elsewhere, but nevertheless, they're bringing them up. And um, so... We did have, uh, in 2022, uh, some pushback against some books that they wanted to get banned from the schools. Um, one in particular was Gender Queer by Maya yep. Kabobi. Um, it was clear that the reasoning behind that was because of the LGBTQ content. You know, if you went through that school and looked for sexual content in any other books, including, say, the Bible, you would have to pull all of them. Um, but this particular book got targeted. Um, so the school put, according to policy, they got a review committee together, this large committee of people, intelligent people from all walks of life, read the book, had multitudes of meetings, spent hours and hours going over it, in the end, decided it could stay. Then, lo and behold, the high school principal, who was there for all those meetings and never said a word, he brought it to the school board saying, actually, I object. And that turned it into a school board vote about the book. Wow. So the principal objected to having the, the book, and then that's what put it back on the agenda. Yes. Wow. After he attended those meetings and had nothing to say. So uh, this is the first incident of the rug being pulled under educated people who spend a lot of time on something and they just throw it out. And so what ended up happening is it now requires a permission slip. 
So when you go to this shelf in the school and you try to find this book, you open it up and it's just full of permission slips. So you take it home and you get it signed and you take it to the librarian and then get it out. I mean, no kid's going to do that. Right. Um, and I feel like it is basically banned and censored in this manner. Um, you know, we thought we, during that time when they were arguing, we went forward and said, why don't you have an opt-out program so people who don't want their kid to read that particular book, they can write yep. and say, do not let my kid take this book. Why do they have to speak for all the children? They need to speak for their children, not mine. Yep. That's like the most sensible, I mean, that's the most sensible policy you could imagine, right? If you have a problem, and you know, we had this in our school district too as well, is there, there was always a process that was there, right? So that if a parent did not want their child to read a particular book or engage with some, you know, with a particular course or something for whatever reasons, didn't matter what the reasons were. There was a process where they could say, I object to my kid having this. There would be like an alternative planning session where that that kid or that small group of kids would then do this kind of other activity during those times, just like kind of similar to, you know, someone who opts out of the PSSAs, right? You know, someone opts out of the PSSAs and then they kind of, okay, there's an alternative act activity that takes place during that. So even that process had already been there and it is, that was essentially an opt-out policy. It's like, you know, it's a kind of the balancing act. Like, okay, if you have people, it's public education after all, right? So if there's people that really have these serious disagreements with, um, you know, what's being read in class based upon their religious or cultural background, whatever it might be, well, okay, you know, they're part of the public too as well. So here's a process to make sure that you're protecting your kid from, you know, learning other ideas. But this is the complete reverse right now. And especially what something like, you know, like genderqueer and all the other LGBTQ um, texts that have been targeted um, by groups like Moms for Liberty, of course, who has like a, a list on the web that you, they go and these school boards go and check against them and then start the, the community starts challenging all these books. Now it's basically all those students who could benefit from engaging with these ideas, right, as they're kind of, you know, working out, I mean, we know this, like middle school kids, high school kids, right, they're just becoming kind of like, you know, coming into really understanding who them, who they are as themselves. And it doesn't mean that every kid is like, you know, gender queer to, you know, use the title of the other, but it means that, you know, this is the world we're in, right? And that's what we're, I thought we were supposed to be doing in education, but this is, seems to be a disservice to everyone, to all these kids. And, you know, like you said, what kid is going to say come home to their parent, right? Especially if they know their if their parent is like, you know, is like anti-gay or as homophobic or something like this, and even if that kid is not necessarily like questioning their own sexuality, but maybe they, there's they've heard about discussions, they know that there's this book, and they're kind of just interested in kind of knowing about other people in the world, right? If they bring it home to their parents, you know what's going to happen, right? Um, so this is this is just messed up. Sorry for the diatribe, but it's like. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And, you know, I feel like my children know that they could talk to me about these issues, but it's the kids, it's the other side's kids that I want to protect, right? The ones that you know at home, you can just imagine the dinner table conversation going on. Right. And I know my kids know those kids may fall into that group. And my heart breaks for them because to be not accepted by your parents is a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah. Um, so I want to protect all the kids. Uh, this is not about my kids. It's about, you know, wanting to make sure all the kids have what they need to become successful humans in this in this world. Right. Um, so 
during that election time period, um, you know, we were seeing what was going on. We were very afraid about the election results, rightly so. And so another mom and I, um, you know, really, she kind of pushed me into kind of forming this group. She was like the the energy behind it. And in, a, in an afternoon, you know, we learned how to use Wix. We made a website. <laughs> We, we started a, you know, we got ourselves a special Gmail account and made a listserv and started to attend the board meetings and report on anything that was relevant to our, our cause in those meetings, encourage people to come. Every once in a while, there was an all hands on deck. We really, really need you to write in right now and come to the meeting. Sometimes it's very calm and I'll send it. Here's the agenda. Have a look. I don't think it's going to be a very exciting, but you never know because board members at the end of every meeting can bring up any new business, right? So we're always watching. Um, and uh, so we started our group to be, to watch, make sure somebody was watching, somebody was reporting, somebody was being positive and saying, thank you, school board, for your work. Thank you for this good decision you made or firing back when they don't. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people, they don't have the time to, you know, be going to the school board meetings. So they're, they'll happily, you know, send us a donation and thank us for our work. They're like, it's a very important work you're doing. I'm really glad you are doing this on our behalf. So I do feel like I have a lot of people behind me with this group as I feed them back the information that they, they need to hear. And sometimes I can't even put into words what happens. And I'm like, you just have to watch this recording of the school board meeting, go to, you know, go to this minute to hear out of the horse's mouth, what these crazy school board people are saying. Um, so, um, you know, because of COVID, everything moved to Zoom. Yep. And so everything's recorded and now it's all, you know, on YouTube recorded. And so those newspaper articles are actually quoting what we're saying because they can rewind and watch it three times and make sure they heard us properly. No, that's um, one thing I was going to ask you. I was going to say, are they still recorded? Because I know that um, Amy Connect, who's, uh, she's one of my, sometimes my, uh, my sometimes co-host on Fridays, um, she's in the Palisades School District, and that's just starting to kick up there too as well. And one of the things that the parents groups did up there, or the community slash parents groups did, was um, to make sure that the, um, the school board meetings were live streamed because they hadn't been up until then that they were live streamed and recorded in an archive for exactly that reason. I mean, I think um, it's so, so important um, that we have those, those records available to us. That's, that's for sure. Um, so let, let's, let's take us, let's take us now to what's just happened. <laughs> um, and now like Alan and I, I've, you know, I think I said this to you before too, as well. My daughter uh, has been reading Alan Grant's work now for several years, right? She's 11 years old. She just started middle school and his books just like open the world of historical fiction for her. She loves them like, and they grapple with like the Holocaust and kind of refugee stuff. And, and she absolutely loves them, right? It's, it's kind of lit this, you know, like, like fire to learn more about this stuff. And it's just, it's been absolutely wonderful. Um, and so he had a new book that came out in October, this past October, it's called Two Degrees, right? And it centers around these four kids' lives and they're kind of like dealing with interacting with the kind of effects of climate change. And this was supposed to be the uh, one school, one book um, that was read um, by everyone in the, in the middle school. Is that correct? That's right. So for us, middle school is sixth, seventh and eighth grades. There's about 300 students in that school. 
Um, they were each going to be purchased their very own to keep copy of this book. And they were going to read it simultaneously and, uh, you know, weave it into the curriculum wherever that seemed to fit. Um, so the, the teachers and the, the curriculum director brought this to a policy and curriculum meeting of the school board as in just an informational item. Listen to this awesome thing that we're doing. Yeah. Isn't this <laughs> going to be wonderful? And um, one of the school board members uh, brought forward his concerns about the topic of climate change and pretty much said that this is propaganda and meant to indoctrinate all of the children. And so in the, instead of the superintendent saying, thank you for your thoughts, you know, we trust our teachers. They spent a lot of time picking this book. They know it's age appropriate. They made this whole entire program and we're going to support them. And by the way, we have this policy where you can opt your child out and leave it at that. He said, I'll take that under consideration, which meant at the next meeting of the full board, all the people are out yelling about indoctrinating our children. The other similar school board candidates are talking about how this, the book is too scary and it's racist because it actually describes the characters by the color of their skin. And I'm like, I don't know how else you describe what a character looks like. You know? It's like, well, there's an amorphous blob over here that, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what, what do you, I, I, that blew my mind when I heard that. It was like, oh, so it was like, and, and I do think, you know, I was reading over some of those comments and I, I gotta believe it's because some of the characters are referred to as white. And exactly. they have no problem if it was only the characters who were non-white who were referred to by the color of the skin, but it's because that when there was a white character, they said there was a white character. And it was like a white family came out of their house. They didn't like that because it kind of, it was across the board. You know, everybody is kind of identified, which seems to be like a no-brainer to me. You're right. I think... Yeah, most books just assume the character's white unless they say otherwise. And this book was like, no, we're going to name all the characters and what they look like. The other thing they didn't they didn't like was that they were afraid if their kid read this book that they would come home and argue with their parents. Which right? I, the I one guy's love like, that, by the way. What, what if they come home and say, we shouldn't heat our house with the wood stove? And we're like, well, then you have a conversation about why you heat with the wood stove. Like, isn't that how parenting works? Yep. And the... So uh, Coffee does have an adult book club, and so we read these banned books and try to form our own opinions. We read the, them cover to cover. And so immediately when this issue came up, I'm like, our next book is Two Degrees. We're reading it right now. And so I read it. The first bit talks about the conflict between the kid and their parent and how they have differing views on climate change. Wow, let's go home and talk to our parents and see what their views are on climate change and have a critical thinking conversation. And then it's just action from then on until the end when the kids decide to take action, right? So for this to be indoctrination is like the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard because the book is the perfect way to have these conversations. Exactly. But more so than like whether we think climate change is human caused or not, the fact that the superintendent would stick his fingers all the way down into the classroom and yank this program is completely demoralizing to the teachers 
It shows them that he does not trust them and their educational background and that he listened to the community a few squeaky wheels over them. This makes me absolutely... I've not been more angry before, I don't think, in my life about anything because he just opened the door for these people to just complain about every little thing and get their way. And it's not okay, right? These teachers are already exhausted after COVID. They made this wonderful program, got a grant, bought the books. They had the books in hand. Alan Grass is coming to Custon University in April. He was going to meet these kids. And now he yanks the program. He thinks that that makes it more comfortable for the teachers so that, you know, they're not embroiled in controversy. Well, let me tell you, it lit more fires than it put out because... I am not going to stop talking about this. I, I think, you know what? I'm so glad you just said that about, uh, I put this in context because when I read some of the articles and reporting about what happened is like what the super, some of the quotes from the superintendent, right? He, he made it sound like it was like, well, no, he's been talking with the teachers and the teachers didn't, you know, teachers didn't want this. So the teacher said no. Right? And, and he didn't say it exactly in those words, but that was the impression from the quote. And that was one question I was going to have for you is you get any sense of like where the teachers were in this. And you just answered my question. It's like, cause I, I, I can't, I can't imagine that like the teachers who invested, cause you know, that, what they did to get this program up and running was not like, Oh, Hey, we just got a, something on a whim. So let's just do this next week. No, but there was a ton of work that went into this. And they were invested in it. And it felt like to me when I read that as like, there's got to be another story to what he's putting out there. Because it seems to me like he sold out the teachers, <laughs> but I didn't know, you know, because I wasn't there for it. I wasn't, I wasn't there as part of it, but that's what it felt like. Um, it felt like, you know, and I, I've been in enough context where the people at the top, right, whether it's a public school district, whether it's at, you know, at my university, whether it's a different businesses, whether people at the top sell out everybody from below, right, because they're worried about their own behind, so to speak. So it's my understanding that he did talk to the teachers before he chose to pull the program, but I don't think he asked them the right questions. I think he asked them, do you feel uncomfortable? And they, or, and they said, yes. Or he said, would you be relieved if this, if you weren't under the scrutiny? And they said, yes. So he took that as, okay, then let's pull it. But I think what they really needed was for him to stand by them, have their back, let them know if anyone comes to you, you just say, talk to the superintendent, right? Like, I have your back. That's what they needed. They did not need for this program to be completely destroyed. I doubt any of those teachers are ever going to want to write such a grant again. Bingo. Because why would you? Yep. Well, I and the way I think about imagine if the superintendent came out and the and the argument was this, is that, listen, I hear what you're saying, everybody that's out there, all the more reason that you should read this book too as well and be part of this conversation. This is what it's all about, that we can have this. Yep. And what a better use of this as an educational opportunity, not even just for our kids, but for the entire community to be part of this conversation. Wouldn't that be awesome? And instead, this is what we get. And I'll tell you, I didn't know right. Alan Grants was coming to Kutztown University for the, the Kutztown University Children's, uh, Children's Literature Conference until after this happened and I was researching stuff and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. He's coming to Kutztown, like New York Times bestselling author who's like beloved by kids and has had such, you know, again, like this has personally affected my my family, right? That his work. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. But I, 
Yeah. Yeah. So he, you know, after the, the Philadelphia Inquirer article came out, he saw it and he retweeted it. He knows exactly what's happening. Yep. Yep. And it's going to be How you know, embarrassing for us. Yep. I'm, you know, I'm actually, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking, I told my daughter that he's coming to Kutztown and she's like, can I go? <laughs> gonna go i'll sit through a whole conference i don't care <laughs> I to meet him. i'm like i'm like i'm just gonna contact him i'll ask you know i'll ask what they want it's like you know and she was like especially one of the other women who's come this sorry this is a side sidebar but one of the other women who's coming is in a she's she illustrates uh she's an illustrator and my daughter loves art and things like this too as well but but i just like i i felt at my my heart sank when i saw that he was even going to be there like sank again after that like what an opportunity missed and then now this guy is going to be there and this all thing, I, I, it's just devastating. So, like, so where are th- where are things standing now? I mean, like, where are we at? So, this is canceled, right? Um, what's the what's the sense in the the community? Like, w- like, what's happening with with coffee? What do you like? Where are you all in this now? I mean, obviously, you don't. I mean, you don't have power to turn this back. But what's the aftermath been like? Um, I'm, I know the school board and well, especially superintendent has gotten many letters from us. Um, each individual writes their own. I never see them. They just send them in on their own. I mean, sometimes they share them with me after the fact. Um, I know that he understands our displeasure. Um, but what are we doing? We're moving forward. We are, uh, working on finding the best possible pro education, pro teacher, pro inclusion, pro student school board candidates because in 2023, five seats open now. Um, so it's a very big deal. Um, we need to get our best candidates on the ballots. Everyone should be voting May 16th. So make a plan. I know it doesn't feel important, but it is absolutely important. And then just promoting them through to November and hoping we get all, we sweep it because we cannot afford any more of their votes because they will destroy everything. Yeah, as, some, as somebody who lives in a school district where that school district is being actively destroyed, like we have the Hillsdale College um, curriculum that is being forced on our students, which is basically this whitewashing of American history. Um, it was produced. Ew, what? Yeah, it's called the 17th. So, yeah, you should make note of this. Um, this is like a moment of sharing. It's called the 1776 curriculum that is um, done. At, there's a college that's in Michigan. Hillsdale College, which is funded by these kind of ultra right wing folks, Betsy DeVos and um, and, uh, you know, multi-billionaire folks who invested in this money. They purposely do not take federal funds so that they can outright discriminate against uh, gay and lesbian students. They could deny um, access to anybody that they want. They don't have to worry about having federal funding pulled. But they've built out this network and um, they've in response to the 1619 project that came out. They started developing their own their own um, curriculum. And then after when Donald Trump came out and said, we're going to start our own 1776 initiative, Hillsdale jumped on that and basically said, OK, we're going to do the same thing. And now they're pushing this out to um, uh, K through 12 schools. Um, there's a big issue that's happened just in Tennessee, where all the Tennessee charter schools have been handed over to these um, the Hillsdale consultants to basically redo their curriculums. Um, what we see in Ron DeSantis in Florida right now is they were taking this up as a way of remaking. Um, I'm just going to forget the name of the, the one, the, the smallest school in the state, in the Florida state system, university system, uh, which was kind of this alternative kind of kind of quirky little college. Um, they've had um, right wing folks that are brought in and they're going to redo their curriculum based upon the same kind of Hillsdale college. 
Um, I, I'd be happy to send you those things just as for background information. But that's um, this is what they did. Um, they slipped it in in um, New College. Thank you, Kevin. Um, Kevin McCloskey just jumped in. So yeah, it's called the New College in Florida. Um, and I, you know they they've got a whole ready-made curriculum to go in and start forcing it. They they told they just announced it at one of our school board meetings that. Uh, it was just going to be an overlay to the history and social studies curriculum that they were just going to announce it. Nobody knew it, saw it coming or whatever, but it's bad. Well, yeah. Thanks for the alert. We'll be on the lookout. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I 100%, and you know, this is one of the things that one of the, the other reasons are really, I was really happy that you could come on tonight too, is, is, you know, there's, there's, there's groups, there's parents groups and community groups. It seems like in every school district that are kind of our, our, fighting these fights in their local school board. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been pretty clear as they're emerging that the more there, more information sharing that can be happening across the school boards about, you know, what's coming, um, what are we seeing that's happening here and how do we fight it, um, the better. Because, you know, we were talking a little bit about this beforehand, but, you know, none of us are trained in all this stuff, right? I mean, this is not something that we signed up for. This is not what we plan to be doing at this point. Uh, but here you are kind of um, kind of leading this organization um, and trying to find ways to get like sane people elected in your school board. We're doing our best. So l let me ask before I could tell, I, I want to leave everybody on a positive note about what they can do, and where they can go and that kind of stuff. But before we get there, just so you already mentioned that there's, there's going to be, there's school board candidates that will be running. Um, I suspect that, um, well, I know, because I've been reading around this stuff and some of the kind of right-wing PACs and the right-wing organizations are already trying to line up um, this election as being critical. They understand it. Um, what's been, what's the experience been like kind of among, say, the rest of us, right, for the rest of you that have been kind of organizing around this? Have you finding more people that are kind of invested in kind of running for school board now um, that see the importance of what's happening in the school district? I don't want to play my cards too hard, but uh, it's not easy to find candidates. They don't want to jump into that fire. They, If they know what's going on, they're scared. They don't want to be up at the front of the room having to respond to this stuff. So it takes a very special person to, you know, take this on, you know? Um, we are lucky enough we are finding these people. Um, but it's not like I... It only took a day to go call, make a few phone calls. I mean, we've been working on this for months and uh, not quite ready to even announce the people just yet. And the petitions are due in in just a few weeks. So um, it's pretty scary, you know. Yeah, 100%. So um, one... Given that folks are out there, especially if folks that are maybe listening, they're in the kind of uh, the Cookstown area, school district area, or kind of other folks who are, say, around the Commonwealth or in other school boards uh, that might be looking for points of connection, where can people go to kind of check out the work that you're doing? Um, and whether it's kind of to drop you a donation, whether it's to kind of look for points of connection, where it's to volunteer to be part of, um, you know, the fight back, uh, where can they go for more for more information? Sure. Um, we do have a website and remember two moms built it on Wix, <laughs> um, coffee.info. So K O F E E dot info. We have a Gmail account where we do, you know, send out updates on what's happening with us. Uh, 
coffee.kasd at gmail.com. Uh, on the, our website, you can find an address. We're pretty antiquated. We do accept donations by check in the mail to our P.O. Box. <laughs> P.O. Box 54, Kutztown, PA, 19530. Um, we do have a Facebook page um, where we post things, so you can find us there. Um, that's our whole list. There you go. Um, and again, <laughs> we'll have all this information will be posted um, in our show notes. Um, I'd encourage those of you folks who've been fighting this fight um, kind of in, whether it's the Palisade School District, Central Bucks School District, um, you know, kind of North Penn School District, Penridge School District, Quakertown School District. Well, I could keep a Souderton School District. <laughs> if I could keep on going down the list here that we know that this has been happening everywhere. Um, this is a great opportunity to, um, to, you know, connect up with yet kind of another group that is doing amazing work um, uh, you know, again, the work that everybody who's now running for school board, it seems, or working in Facebook groups to try to figure out what's going on and just did not expect ourselves to be in this place. I mean, I like how you, you know, kind of framed it from the beginning is like, you know, this is, you reluctantly found yourself in this place, right? This was not like on your agenda of like, Hey, what do I want to do? What is one of my bucket list to come out and, uh, <laughs> lead this fight? Great. Nope, not at all. I wish I wasn't here talking to you and I wasn't in the papers and I wasn't, you know, even aware of what was happening in school boards because it was just so calm. Yeah. That would be a dream. Yep. Wouldn't it be? I hear you. I hear you. Well, yep. that's the, that's what we look for when nobody ever has to talk to me ever again is where we're hoping. We're. <laughs> that's <Yes>. the goal. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, Robin, I really appreciate you taking time out of your night um, um, to come on here and tell a little bit what's happening in the Kutztown area school district, what's happening with coffee. Uh, remember, you can um, the links are in the show notes. So check them out on their Facebook page. Um, you know, you can get check out K O F E E. That's K O F E E dot info is their web page. Um, see what's happening there. Um, you could always shoot me, hit me up with any information that um, that you want to, and I can get that off to Robin too if you can help her out. Um, but you know, this is uh, big year. Um, I think that everyone knows, at least if you're with the sound of my voice, that you've been listening to the show. Um, you know how important these off-year elections are now and these kind of odd-year elections. The school board is where it is at. Um, you heard Alyssa Bowen last week from True North Research talking about how, you know, the right is targeting um, kind of state and local municipalities um, as part of their strategies, and that's where the money's going to be going. Um, so we've got people, they've got money. Um, so the earlier that we can step up, the better. So. So, Robin, thank you so much for, for joining us here tonight. And, uh, you know, keep up the fight, and we're going to be following what you're doing out there in Kutztown. Thank you very much. You got it. All right, everybody, this is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. I want to remind you next week that we have Patricia Roberts-Miller coming on the show to talk about her book, uh, Demagoguery and Democracy, and talk a little bit about, you're going to hear echoes of the same thing we've been talking about here tonight um, and how important um, these local fights are, how important it is to be um, kind of involved um, at the local level, um, because that's where the action is happening, <laughs> I'll tell you, in, uh, in ways that we wish it wasn't. So here we go. All right, everybody, this is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. You can head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress um, to become a patron today. Um, you can become a patron for as little as five bucks a month. And uh, want to hit up us on all the socials. Check us out on Twitter and at rcpress. Uh, for now, I wish you all a great week. Um, look forward to checking out with more of you some on Friday for our Friday Politics Roundup. Till then, see ya!
guess I'll fly away now.